Support for How in the Hell Did I Get Here comes from The Coloring Book Coach. Did you know it's possible to heal your heart and more through coloring and the support of The Coloring Book Coach? Visit thecoloringbookcoach.com for your free coloring book. In these times of quarantine and social and physical distancing and all that's going on, I'm not going to lie, it's been tough for me. And I'm sure for anyone who can't be with the people they love most when a loved one passes. In our case, this is what happened when Crazy Larry, also known as Dad, died last month on March 25th. There's been no funeral, no way to get together other than on Zoom, no way to sit in a crowd and share funny stories and sing and listen to his favorite songs, no way to gather together at all. And frankly, it sucks. If you've heard any of these stories before now, you know that Crazy Larry earned his name for a reason. We also called him Yosemite Sam, and as much as we loved him and put up with him, he was a complicated person and a bit of a loose cannon. You just never knew who you were going to get with him, which kept all of us on our toes. Since today would have been Crazy Larry's 80th birthday, and in honor of him, we've pulled together this collection of stories for your listening enjoyment. This is Kim A. Floden, and you're listening to How in the Hell Did I Get Here? As usual, this episode includes swear words. Stay with us, people. This is one of my favorite stories, because not only does it involve Crazy Larry, it also highlights just how awesome our crazy grandma was. And it's got all the elements of a good story. Ice picks, motorcycles, a trip to the emergency room, a trip to jail, baked beans, and bank robbers. You have to hear it to believe it. Grandma was in fine form at this party. So I was there with husband number one. And uh, I remember I was sitting at the picnic table drinking a beer. And every time I picked up the beer, it would dribble down my shirt. And Uh I'm like, what the hell? Like After the third time and grandma was sitting there. He was losing it. Every time that would happen to me, she would just (laughs) laugh her ass off. And I'm like, all right, what is going on here? So finally, after like the fourth time, and I'm like more beer on me than in me, she opens up her purse and pulls out an ice pick. And she's like, everybody has to keep one of these in their purse for, you know, those moments (laughs) when you can poke a hole in someone's beer. And I'm like, what? I First of all, you are a crazy grandma. And second of all, I'm your grandkid. Do it on some crony in a bar. So anyway, so dad was there. Larry was there. And he came over on his motorcycle. But when he left, he took a bunch of grandma's baked beans in his side bags. So he leaves to drive back home. You know now the visual is like a side bag. Beans just dumped into it. But you're going to want to know this for later. So about, I don't know, half hour goes by. All of a sudden, someone comes and gets me and with the phone, and they're like, your dad's at the hospital. He had an accident on the motorcycle. And I was like, oh, okay. So and I and grandma all go to get him at the hospital. And he was fine. This is the night I learned about if you're in an accident, you want to stay limp, as limp as you can upon impact, because that'll help you from like hurting yourself, because that's what... (laughs) That's what he claimed he did. He hit a, someone cut him off. He hit a curb and he flew, literally flew. Like, I think he like skidded in on his head because he said the helmet dug a trail in the dirt. 
Mm-hmm. But he's like, I just knew I had to stay limp on impact. <laughs> and all I could think was, oh, my God, the grandmas make pizza <laughs> in my bags. They probably saved his life. <laughs> I don't know. So all this is going on. He's getting checked out. He's fine. But he's not really fine because, dun, 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 there's two cops outside waiting to take him into custody. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I don't really know what he was being, I can't remember what he was being taken into custody for. But the next thing we know, we're in, going from the hospital to the jail with Grandma. So as we're walking in, Grandma's like, well, at least we're going in this door. You don't want to be going in the door over there. <laughs> And I'm like, why? She goes, well, you go in that door. You're not coming back out. And I'm like, oh, okay. And she's like, I've got friends in here, you know. And I'm like, oh, I'm sure you do. She goes, I ever tell you that story about the night I was harboring the fugitives in my house when the cops came around? I'm like, what? And she's like, oh, yeah, dumb shits. You know, doesn't this just sound like grandma? Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, dumb shits. They robbed the bank and then they didn't know what to do. So they were holed up at my place. And I'm like, What? And she goes, yeah, and the cops called me, and I said, oh, no, I haven't seen them. You know, I don't know where they are. Yeah, yeah, the dumb shits. She's like, they're sitting in my living room playing cards. And I'm like, oh, grandma. (laughs) So she said, I got off the phone, and I said, well, they're on, Dave. You better take off. So she said, they hid in the woods across from my house for a few days. I bring them over food till they figured out what they were going to do. And I think they maybe were in the jail now because that's what triggered the whole <laughs> the whole thing I've got friends in. I have a vague memory of hearing that story. About oh, my God. In the yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I had to bail Dad out, and we had to give him a ride home. But the whole thing from top to bottom was nuts. You yeah. left out now. So when you bailed Dad out of jail, was he covered in baked beans? No, he was not covered <laughs> in baked beans. Can't remember. I think he was very concerned about that we get the saddlebags off the bike because he didn't want to, A, leave the beans on the bike. Because the bike was totaled, I think. Mm -hmm. He just wanted to make sure he had the beans and the bag and the bag of beans. This short story comes from our weddings episodes, which we recorded in June of 2019 with Lynn's Flooring, wedding disc jockey extraordinaire. And it's just a little insight into the kind of hijinks you could expect from Larry Vandywalker at any given moment in time. It's my first wedding and my first wedding reception. And of course, someone calls the cops. So my stepfather is a crazy person. Mm -hmm. He likes to drink and he gets crazy. And my (laughs) ex-father-in-law was um, also a crazy person, but a reformed alcoholic. And so at our wedding, everyone was staying at like a Holiday Inn or something, but we weren't staying there. And my ex-father-in-law and mother-in-law had a room around the pool. So the next morning when we get back from where we had been staying, we meet up with everybody. And my ex-father-in-law is like, oh, you know, God damn it. In the middle of the night, I had to call the cops because some asshole jumped in the pool. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm like, oh, my God. No, really? Yeah. So then I don't, I'm only with, with my in-laws at this point. So then I run into my own family and my stepdad's like, does anyone have a blow dryer? I've got to get these shoes dried out. I'm like, what happened to your shoes for the, from the tux? And he's like, well, he was the asshole that jumped in the uh-huh. <laughs> So on the, the marriage started off with my father-in-law calling the cops on my stepfather. <laughs> it was a great start. 
Amazing. Uh, yeah. As unpredictable as Crazy Larry could be, he did have a soft spot for baby animals and rescued and raised not one, but two raccoons. Here's Jenny and myself reminiscing about him and his unusual pets. You had come down to visit mom and dad, and I was there. You know, I had just bought a house in Rochester, but I was there because you were home. And I had brought a six-pack of Mike's Hard Lemonade, and we were drinking it. And this is when they had the first of their two pet raccoons, Rocky the raccoon. And so we're sitting in the kitchen drinking our drinks, and we had gone outside. I think mom wanted to show us something outside, maybe in her garden or whatever. But So we left our cocktails there, come back in, and the raccoon is sitting like slumped, like slouched with his legs spread, the glass between his legs, up against a wall, and just like... Oh my God, I wish you had a picture. Just scooping out handfuls of, and drinking this Mike's Hard Lemonade. And so right away, I'm like, Rocky. And he, <laughs> startled, he gets he, he gets up, kind of. He's obviously inebriated. And he tries running away, but he's so drunk that he has to lean against the wall oh to God. stay upright <laughs> in his attempt to run away. Yeah, I think he was just trying to get into the other room, but he had to follow the wall. So he ran away like he ran the whole perimeter of the house, basically. <laughs> up against the wall trying to get away and I don't know if it was oh that God. time or a different time but also we came in and um I had a pack of cigarettes in my purse and I couldn't find the cigarettes and I couldn't find Rocky and I'm like if you're telling me that freaking raccoon was smoking cigarettes <laughs> no he wasn't but I, we finally found him he was hiding behind the couch eat eating a whole he ate a whole pack of cigarettes <laughs> oh yeah. no he lived through it. Yeah, they're they're kind of like goats too. <laughs> yeah, you know nothing can kill a raccoon. Somebody ran over that raccoon in our own driveway. Is that how he passed? I was wondering what happened to poor Rocky. Nope, he didn't die that way. No, he didn't. He wasn't even hurt. I think it just ran over his head, and their heads are like concrete. Oh my god. Um, whatever happened to him? He maybe just wandered off one day because, you know, the hormones. It's not like he was neutered. He probably just took off one day to smell with wild oats. Yeah, I think that's what happened to the other one, too. What was the second one's name? I'm pretty sure it was also Rocky. <laughs> Rocky, too. Insert. We've never double-named pets before, as far as I know. Yeah, Dad and that raccoon. He loved that. St- the second one, particularly. Well, it saved his life. Well, from what I understood of the second raccoon is the one he was leaving the farm and he saw it on the side of the road. The mom was dead. He picked it up and took the raccoon home and, you know, then raised it as as his own. And then um, he was out on the farm on your tractor, you know, clearing a path or something. And the raccoon got was like on his shoulder but it climbed up over his head oh, and like yeah. either pushed his hat down or got up over it. He couldn't see anyway. So he was on the tractor. The tractor is moving. The raccoon is like, he can't see. And so he like go, comes to an abrupt stop. And as he did, a huge branch fell out of the tree. And he said if, if he hadn't, yeah, if that raccoon hadn't gotten, made him stop right then, he probably would have been killed. And yeah. the raccoon. Yeah. Yeah, so it was like he saved the raccoon, and the raccoon saved him. I mean, yeah, yeah, and he freaking loved that raccoon. I remember because he he and mom came in to visit shortly after the raccoon had 
run off. And um, <laughs> he had, he showed me his arms and they were like, they looked like he had been attacked. And I was like, what the hell happened to you? He's like, and he teared up. He was like, oh, that's the last time he got me. <laughs> well, and he was on blood thinners too by the time they had the second one. So it was like not a good. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't him. a good combination. Yeah. No. It was kind but of he was like, it's the last time he got me. I'm like, <laughs> oh God. my God. This story is the stuff of family lore. It's pretty obvious if you've been listening that our family isn't going to be awarded any prizes anytime soon for being normal. No. And this classic story illustrates that perfectly. Warning, there is a gunshot wound in this story, but it all turns out for the best, and it's actually a damn funny story. We'll let Jenny tell the tale. This was when I was about 21, I think. I was going, I was finishing my, no, maybe 23. I was finishing my degree, either living at mom and dad's while I finished it and driving back and forth to college, or I was just there visiting. I don't really remember exactly, but um, I come home that evening and mom wasn't home, but I think it was Pickles, their cat. Pickles was very pregnant and she looked like she was starting to like try to nest. So I Went and got a box from the grocery store, brought it home, and I had this box sitting in the kitchen. And Pickles was in it, and I put some old towels in it. And she was just kind of in there digging around, trying to get comfortable. And Dad comes into the kitchen, for whatever reason, I cannot tell you, with a BB gun that he's just cranking as he's walking into the kitchen. Just crank, crank, crank. Oh, my gosh. Now, explain the layout of the kitchen a little bit, too, because that's kind of germane to the story. There's the door from the living room, the main area of the kitchen with an island and counters. And then on the other side of that, there's a raised dining room and the cat's in a box on the floor in the raised area. So it's the raised floor is about equal with the height of the counters in the island. Yeah, probably about three feet off the floor. So he walks in just cranking the gun and... I'm not really paying attention because that's not unusual behavior for Larry. Right. Exactly. So you're like, okay, just another day in the life. <laughs> exactly. So I'm just doing whatever. And then I think I had been making a cup of coffee and, and I see him doing that. And then kind of at the last minute, you know, he stops pumping the thing and he pulls it up like he's taking aim. And I realize at, almost like as it's happening, he's taking aim at what he thinks is an empty cardboard box. I, I don't know if I like jumped out and like <laughs> dove across the kitchen like a superhero. but I. <laughs> <laughs> I know I did try to get between him and the cat, and but I, I just put my arms out, and I'm like, wait, the cat's in the box. And somewhere in that sentence, I feel like my, yeah, I feel my hand like kind of slam down, and I look, and the blood is just gushing out of my hand, and the area. Oh, my God. Yeah, the area between where the index finger and the thumb come together, kind of that V in there, that's where there's a puncture in there. But it didn't come out the other side. Right. So, and now I react just a little bit in shock, like I'm just stunned. And then, <laughs> well, who the okay, let's back this story up a little bit. Who the hell would it be stunned? You're in your parents' kitchen making a cup of coffee, and your dad comes in and takes aim at a box, and you have to stop the bullet. Right. Oh, just... I think stunned is kind of a mild reaction. I'm looking at my scar as we as we say this, but Dad's obviously all of a sudden stunned too and just freaked out, and I'm sure full of guilt. Like, what the fuck did I do now? Right, which is a 
common feeling for him. I think. <laughs> <laughs> and so we, whatever happens in the immediate time frame there, we end up going down to, it's about 5.30 at night. Doc Risser is still in the office, right? The, he, for yeah, for decades, he had his office down like two, three blocks from where, where we grew up. So we go down there and he does an x-ray. Just We just wanted to know, like, where's the BB? And <laughs> <laughs> sure enough, it's lodged like right where the bones come together. And he, he goes, we're going to have to get that out of there. You can't leave that in there. It's a bad spot. But he's not the one to do it. You know, he's. Oh, no. I've got a scar on my toe from him that looks like Frankenstein. Yeah. Well, and at this point, he's probably 80 years old, but still. I think he was always 80. I am true. true. <laughs> so we load up and we go to like the county hospital. They have an emergency room. We get there. By now, my hand is pulsing with pain. I'm crying in pain. The doctor comes in and he, he x-rays it again. Like, I think I can get this. So he numbs my hand up, starts digging around in there with whatever tools. I know one of them was like a curved scissor thing. And another one was like a, a big tweezer thing. So that he's digging and digging and trying to get it. He's getting very frustrated. He asked the nurse to go get the big magnets they use to get metal out of like eye injuries. She goes and she comes back and it's been a long time. She can't find the magnet. So she tells him this and he gets super pissed. He does not have a good bedside manner to begin with. I mean, he just kind of unloads on her in an unprofessional manner. He wasn't yelling, but he was just very frustrated. Yeah, it was uncomfortable for all of us. So he goes, well, here's what we're going to do. I don't know exactly how close I am with these tools to the BB. So we're going to image it again. So they do another x-ray. This time it's my hand with the tools in the flesh hanging out of my, my hand. You should see if you can get that and have that framed. That'd be a cool picture. <laughs> yeah, I did have it at the, at the time. I have no idea where it is now. But yeah, so in the x-ray image, which of course is 2D, it looks like he's really close. So he keeps digging and digging and digging. This went on for enough time that the pain medication is starting to wear off. And so I'm like, I think, you know, I'd like you to stop. And then just as he does that, and he kind of starts bandaging my hand up, the nurse comes in and she said, the police are here and they need to talk to you. And Larry fucking <laughs> loses it. <laughs> so I should probably explain this point. Larry already has a history with with the police and gunplay. <laughs> so this BB gun or not, this goes down as a GSW in, in the ER. They have to; they're obligated to call the cops. Right. So they they come in. They take us to separate mm-hmm. rooms to get our sides of the story. <laughs> And that part ends up being just fine because, lo and behold, we had matching stories. <laughs> Thank God. I know. I'm like, this is my chance. Why I missed my chance. But yeah. So I tell the truth. He tells the truth. The cops close the book and they leave. The nurse is crying because Larry. So the doctor already unloaded on her. Now, Larry really unloaded on her when she came in to say the cops were there. I mean, he... he oh, the poor nurse. Jeez, nurse. If this lady is listening, please reach out. We'll send you flowers or something. <laughs> yeah. God, no kidding. They don't get paid enough for these kinds of things. No, not for these lunatic moments. So cops are gone. My hand is still not fixed. And in fact, it's quite a bit worse now because he's been digging in there for an hour, however long. (laughs) So he goes, okay, what we're going to do, I'm going to send you to the St. Mary's Hospital where they have a hand expert on call. 
So I'm like, totally fine. Let's do this. So now it's probably 9.30, 10 o'clock at night. We get over there and it's a long time before somebody actually sees us. The Novocaine or whatever they use, Lidocaine, whatever they use, has totally worn off now. Yeah. And my hand is throbbing with every heartbeat. It's just unbearable. And I just want it, you know, I just want the pain under control. Finally, that guy comes over, he unwraps my hand. And my hand was swollen up to the size of a, in my mind, it was like the size of a football. My hand was the size of a football. So the guy takes one look at it and he goes, um, the damage is done here. Let's let your, your flesh essentially settle down and we'll schedule you to come back on, you know, it was like four or five days later and they'll do surgery at that point and remove the, the BB and everything will be great. And I'm like, totally fine. So we get out of there, get home. And now it's 11 o'clock. I have to work the next morning. I worked at a hotel. I was like a hotel um, front desk clerk. They really bandaged my hand up more than they probably needed to. Cause I remember it went all the way up to my elbow. Holy moly. Was it your right or left hand? It was my left hand. Thankfully, I was, I'm right-handed. So that made it everything okay for going to work. So I get to work at 6.30 in the morning. And the housekeepers are usually the first ones that I interact with. And they all come in. And, the, and this one woman, her name was Lola, actually. Lola comes in and she goes, what happened to your hand? And I start telling her the story. And she goes, I heard about you on the radio on my way into work. <laughs> And I'm like, what? And she goes, this must be, you know, like the news gets their stuff from the police reports. So she goes, yeah, I heard about that. Like, like your dad tried to shoot you or something. And I go, no. So I got done with my day and I get home. The newspaper comes out. And this is still early 90s. People got newspapers and read newspapers still at this point. I don't remember if I saw it or if other people, I think I was down at the Down Under Bar. I probably was meeting my boyfriend out for drinks. And same thing, the hand gets a lot of notice. It's all bandaged up. And people are asking me, and I start telling them. And then somebody goes, oh, yeah, that newspaper has that story in it. <laughs> and I go, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? Really? I go, oh, that, I guess I shouldn't be surprised that somebody else told me it was on the radio. So they get the paper and they show it to me. And the headline is, family dispute ends in bloodshed. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> That is why I got a call from my in-laws and they were like, I remember I'm home. I get a call from them and they're like very, talking to me very gingerly. What's going on? And then they're like, well, we're so sorry that your dad shot your sister. And I'm like, what? My dad shot my sister. What are, what, what are you talking about? Yes, there's an article. And then they read me the article. And I was like, holy shit. Because you guys probably had no idea. Hadn't You know, this wasn't a big deal to us. It, like, it's not newsworthy for the, like, call the family and let them know. <laughs> no, it's just a weird accident that happened, right? So finally, a couple of days go by and everything's finally starting to settle down. And then the weekly newspaper comes out and it's got, I don't think it was front page, but it was a huge like half page story <laughs> with distorted facts and details that they had just taken from the police report and the PB article. And in the meantime, I'm having to explain myself everywhere I go. So, okay, I skipped the part where I went back to the appointment a few days later. The doctor at the hospital said, you know what? Let's just leave it be until it is a problem and then we'll deal with it. And I'm like, cool. When I tell the story, I do describe you as a superhero. And in my mind, no, <laughs> but it was like slow-mo. Then the bullet hits you. <laughs> it spins my body around in midair. 
<laughs> and it spins your body around and then you land and you hear meow from the box because you're so thankful. Well, that's pretty much <laughs> accurate. And that's how I like to remember it as well. So we'll just say that's how it happened. I flew through the air like a superhero. So now fast forward 15 years. Now it's 2007. Thir- I was in my 30s somewhere. And I am starting to have nerve pain. And I have them remove it. And he asked before the procedures, like, is there any re- <laughs> this is a dumb question, but any reason you want the pee-pee? And I'm like, oh, hell yeah. I want that pee-pee. <laughs> and he's like, I wasn't expecting that answer. Nobody usually wants whatever it is in their, you know, in their body. Like, nope, I need this. And I want it in a nice little file. So <laughs> he gives it to me. And then Erin was having one of her big family Christmases. And that was the only thing I gave Larry for Christmas that year was the baby in the vial wrapped up in a jewelry box. <laughs> We're just getting started with our favorite Crazy Larry stories. Stay tuned for more after the break. Hey, this is Kim, also known as the Coloring Book Coach. I just wanted to pop in here and say I hope you're doing well. And also, there are some great free coloring pages for you at thecoloringbookcoach.com. And I'm here for you if you need someone to talk to. Right now, I'm offering 20-minute intuitive sessions for just $40. I have the ability to tune into you and your life and provide quick assessment and advice for whatever might be going on. Here's a testimony from a recent client who says, Kim's reading was extremely informative and on target. She knew very specific information about my situation and has provided me with clear direction about next steps to take. She was extremely professional, empathetic, and kind. I highly recommend Kim. She truly has a gift with energy. So if you're interested in giving this a try, reach out to me at thecoloringbookcoach at gmail.com and let's talk. That's thecoloringbookcoach at gmail.com. Now back to Crazy Larry and his antics. What will he do next? This next segment follows a story Jenny told about tracking down her son's stolen iPhone. We all know Jenny is a badass, which leads us to this interesting discussion about how the Crazy Larry gene just might have rolled downhill. Plus, you'll hear even more silly stories about the man we call Dad. I would just want to say that thinking back now of how you do react to things and handle them, I think you are 100% Larry Vandywalker's daughter. Oh, I totally am. <laughs> There's no DNA test. Yeah. I might God. have that same uh, flaw. Yeah. Or- I, I think you and I have talked about that. You're definitely. Yes. The same. Yeah. Yeah. I so mean, I there's always, like. You were what? Oh, I always picture Larry as. Um, like a black-haired Yosemite Sam. So I'm just yes. like a female. Oh, I'm like a female Yosemite <laughs> Sam stomping around in my cowboy boots yelling at the varmints. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, God. Oh my God. Yeah, Yosemite you just Sam. don't want to piss off Yosemite Sam in Yosemite either version. Yosemite Larry and Yosemite Yosemite Jenny, Jenny and Yosemite <laughs> Sky. Well, Aaron can kind of get like that, too. Aaron oh, yeah. can kind of get bitchy like that, too. I mean, uh, you know, in a good way. I admire this bitchiness. <laughs> She could be tuning in at any time. You better watch yourself. <laughs> no, but it's a like it's a like a empowered uh, bitchiness. I mean, it's an empowered thing. I mean, like you Let's do just not want to back to Yosemite. Fuck it, fuck with you guys when you're like that. It's hilarious. Yeah, Yosemite Jenny and Yosemite. It's the whole Yosemite Vandy Walker clan. And describing Dad as Yosemite Sam is <laughs> totally perfect. Yeah, <laughs> drunk Yosemite Sam. 
the only other description that's a good one, and God, I'm so mean. Duck Dynasty, Uncle Sai. Oh, I, <laughs> yeah. I don't know him. I've that's never awesome. watched that. I'm gonna. If, you're, um, if you've ever watched it, Uncle Sai is Larry. He looks I know like exactly him. who you're talking about. Yeah, <laughs> he's always got the. Does he feet. act like him too? Totally. He's always got some off the wall idea. That's going to be successful. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. You mean like, uh, for instance, let's mine some gold in the basement. Yes. Exactly. So I'm just going to pre just tell people and you guys can the fill basement. in. Hell, yes, you remember. Yeah. Sink. It was the well, yeah, but sink during well, it started in the basement. Well, it yeah. started and in the basement. Remember, and he was, okay, so he was having bucket loads of dirt sent from Utah, I think it was, or somewhere like that, to the house. Um, and, like, I remember my mom saying the mailman just hated this because it's, like, fucking bucket loads of dirt. I'm and not then sure he I was, knew this. Yes. I knew he was mining for gold, but I didn't know it was right. mail-order mining. Mining for gold with mail-order dirt Jeez, in the basement. I just got a business idea. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember I was like, I didn't live here then, but I came home and he was like, oh, he was losing his shit because he's like, I just burned the hole through mom's best stainless steel bowl. Do you remember when he did oh, that? Funny. Oh, my it God. It was like, he, that's when he was trying to turn silver into gold. He was building a <laughs> fluvial tower in the basement. And he couldn't drive because he, right. had, he, he was trying the alchemy, trying to turn. Right, right. He was an alchemist. Yeah. And yeah. so he couldn't drive because he had lost his license. I was visiting for some reason. And he came up, pops out of the basement. And he's like, you need to take me into, into Roch. I got to get something for my fluvial tower. And I'm like, what is <laughs> happening? <laughs> yeah. So that would have been the, it would have been the um, early 90s or late yes. 80s. Because yes. I remember the why I have that recollection of the timeline is because it was when I was dating Mark and I remember him commenting one year, like after the fact, like we're talking, making fun of Larry or whatever. And he goes, well, the best thing ever, nothing will ever top that your mom's trying to cook Thanksgiving dinner and he's panning for gold in the kitchen sink at the same time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I remember it too, but I never really knew the details because I remember he started telling me one time, and I was just like, I am not going down this street. I got, there's got to be somewhere else I need to be. <laughs> no, and he ended up with quite a setup in the upstairs the shop. of the shop, right? Yeah. In his office. Panning for gold up there? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, he yeah. had like, t- and then he had like rock tumblers and all sorts of <laughs> Oh, yeah. I remember the rock tumblers. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and he wanted to go to Arizona and, and hunt for diamonds, too. Yeah, well, he wanted Arkansas. to go to the Dutchman's Arkansas. to find the, the Dutchman's lost, mine. That's yeah. a lost yeah. Dutchman's yeah. mine. Yeah, because yeah. he thought he lost had a claim Dutchman's on that because mm-hmm. he's Dutch. He's a lost <laughs> Dutchman. <laughs> oh. <But> then, <laughs> yeah, he is the lost well. Dutchman. Again, got Again. Sam stomping across the desert. <laughs> I'm gonna find that gold, goddammit. But I'm yeah, thinking I, what I've learned here, I guess I should have asked him because I'm I'm thinking now, I got a whole yard full of dirt. I can be selling this to suckers <laughs> by a mail order to pay First you have to find it. some gold in the dirt, I think. No, I don't think you do. No, there's people <laughs> that will buy anything. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I well, just, Carrie, this, this could be your next business. adventure. There you Absolutely. go. Absolutely. Start make putting it in like you know God I don't know five pound, five pound <laughs> chunks of dirt, sending it out. Yeah. yeah. Mom said he used to get a bucket of dirt like a week or something like that, and the mailman would just always be pissed because it was heavy. I mean, who the fuck was sending him <laughs> dirt from, from Someone, Utah? Someone brilliant. That's well, right. I think. You know, he went on that Bugs Bunny and the Roadrunner. Yeah. (laughs) 
Oh my god! <laughs> no, do you yeah. remember the yeah. King of California? I loved that movie. Uh, so good, uh, Michael Douglas. Yeah, King of California. Recommend it for everybody. All yeah, I could think really the whole good. time we were watching was that's our dad. Help my dad. Yeah, oh, exactly. Yeah, Kim, I think Kim, you had recommended that. To I me watched way- it first, and I'm like, "How did they know?" Well, yeah, it was way back when you still got Netflix through the mail. How they cast Michael Douglas as our dad? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> right, it should have been somebody more I like Yosemite uh, Sam. Yosemite right? Sam. It should have been done Although, in cartoon. He, yeah. he totally have. Have you seen that movie, Sky? I mean, he no, totally it's encapsulates. It's like he shadowed Larry Vandewacker to play the role. Mm-hmm. Honest to God. Yeah. yeah. He's fucking crazy, but you kind of want to believe him because he's, right. you know, kind of yeah. smart. Enthusiastic. Enthusiastic. Yeah. Sounds he believes like it so be, much. Yeah. So we should be writing the sequel to it because we know. Yeah. yeah. Oh, we yeah. are the Yeah. We could call it the crank <laughs> of Minnesota. We <laughs> yeah. We are the sequels. Yeah. It was just, like that. I mean, if he would have thought the there was fucking uh, gold underneath the Costco, he'd be there. God, yeah. yeah. No. <laughs> mm-hmm. This last story aired just one day after we lost Crazy Larry. Aaron had actually reached out to me after missing the recording session with the other sisters the week before for the episode that we called Yosemite Sam's Daughters Don't Take No Guff. She wanted to correct a few things we'd gotten wrong, and of course, we remembered a few more classic stories about Larry. Little did we know that we were creating a memorial episode at the time of the recording, because he left us just a few days after this chat. So I'm just adding to the story of Yosemite Sam, King of California episode, because <laughs> the sisters got it a little wrong with, with uh, our Some father, of the details? With Yosemite Sam. So he... Okay, so and I totally can understand this because I have this thing with rocks. Oh and God! So do I, and so do you. But and I don't think then. Well, I can't say that you. It doesn't fall far from the tree because you're not his biological daughter. But there's something about Larry that he loves gold, and he always has, and he he's. Very, very intelligent in, in certain ways and very like ingenious. And he came up with a device that extracted gold, like liquid gold out of sand. So when I say that you got it all wrong, you didn't get it all wrong, but it wasn't dirt. It was buckets of sand and it came from like Nevada. <laughs> came from Los that's still funny though. It is funny. Well, <laughs> well that's oh. funny, but he actually got it to work to some degree. But it was no, I believe that he is a, like a, right. a crazy genius. Yeah. So another thing that he did, and this just needs to be incorporated into some episode, but he, um, there is a chiropractor in our town who no longer practices. I think he's retired, but way back when. Our dad invented a chiropractic chair that is still used today, like wild, widely used, called the Jensen Three. And hmm. that I did not know this. No, that. But even Van's dad knew about it and was talking to me about it recently. And I, that's why I wanted to bring it up because I'm like, oh yeah, that was a good one. That was a big deal. But I just don't think he had the business like know-how to protect himself. He's got like an engineering type mind. Yeah, he, for he sure. Does. Yeah, yeah, he's like genius level on that kind of shit, I would say for sure. 
Yeah. Yep. And then, then and you guys on the do flip too. Side, okay. Yeah. On the flip side of that, because he has this affliction or addiction to rocks like I do, we had like a, and not an easement. We just used it as an easement, even though we weren't supposed to. The people that lived right behind us had a driveway that just ran right down the back of our, at the end of the backyard. Right. Our right. backyard so our, ended and their backyard cut, started. Yeah. So the driveway yeah. was right in the middle and we would cut through there all of the time. We ever, we did for 45, 50 years. Get to the other side of the block easily. Yes. And so Larry and in one of his not so brilliant moments, he also loved turquoise. Oh yeah. So golden turquoise. And he must have walked back through into their driveway and he was like, holy shit, I struck gold. I mean, no turquoise. There was turquoise all over in the driveway. And he spent hours picking it up out no. of the gravel. No, no, he did. And, and at the point, I don't know how, how many days after, but he found out that they had emptied out their fish aquarium oh, of fish rock. <laughs> oh my god, I laughed so hard, and so did he. That I'm surprised we are still alive because I don't think that I've ever laughed so hard ever. Okay, but him laugh that hard at himself was like it was joyful. Did he, did, he like, ever, did he ever tell you the story of when him and his buddy ran the car off the cliff in Mexico? Um, well, I heard, I heard about that story in a very, very delusional way when he was in the hospital, when there was a donkey named Dan. And I'm pretty sure this is the same story, only you've got the real one, so let's hear it. I don't, I don't remember everything. I and mean, it's like, I wish, honestly, I wish, I wish he was with it enough to come on and tell some of his stories, because I was oh thinking God, about Dan, this earlier. Yeah, I'm like, he is an awesome storyteller. And then they put it, like, got put in Mexican jail for like I don't know how long okay, and they were like and they both had different stories right. and one part I do remember <laughs> it was a brand new t-bird which is a convertible t-bird I don't even know where they got the car was from. it named Dan I don't know I don't remember hearing about the donkey okay. but this is the part I remember so they are like obviously out of their mind who the fuck knows they're young stupid and probably drunk right Tijuana and then Tijuana, and they decide that for whatever reason, they're going to run this brand new T-Bird off a cliff because they just think it's going to be cool. Okay, we can see a few things about our family right here. I'm thinking back to some <laughs> things people have done in the name right. of like, oh, that might be cool. Anyway, <laughs> so they rig it up so it's going gonna, it's gonna to go off the cliff, but their plan is that they're going to act like they went down with it and survived. Maybe that was it. They were going to be like big like heroes for surviving this for brand. Who? There were no video cameras. Who the fuck then? knows? Well, that, okay. So before they run it off the cliff, they take turns like bashing themselves with rocks. Oh my like, God. Oh my God. Him, I think he might have twisted this story up a little to make it sound not so bad. Because, like I said, driving the car off the cliff might be like a or something else that might have happened. I don't know, but so they beat themselves up and they like were all bloodied and battered. And oh then they God. ran it off and they put a rock on the thing and they let it go and it ran off the cliff. 
Um, like obviously there was no breaking, you know, there was no sign of breaking or anything. So immediately they were suspected. Obviously they weren't beat up. By, well, he said we were all scabbed up because we <laughs> beat ourselves up. I know. It's like, it was hard to feel sorry for him. Some of the things he got himself into, like when he walked off the ship and, uh, basically said, fuck you motherfuckers with his golf bag. Oh yeah. He walked off. I think it was in, uh, Pearl Harbor. Because no. he helped build Pearl Harbor, and he something happened. He, somebody pissed him off. And oh, no. He, There's more to this story, and there was redemption at the end of it. Well, right, but he got put in the brig, and they yeah. he thought he was going to be killed. Right, because he would not do something that the general or whomever was about. Yeah, him he asked didn't agree with it. Because it was wrong. He was exonerated just in the last, like, seven years by the VA. Oh, that's good. Because, yeah, yeah, he he was was dishonorably discharged. But but I just love the the vision of him with his golf bag walking off that ship because he was a good-looking guy, (laughs) you know, in his navy whites. Fuck you. I'm going Mm -hmm. golfing. And he didn't come back. Thanks so much for listening and helping us pay tribute to a man who left us with a lot of stories. And I just wanted to say, these aren't easy times for any of us. We want to know how you're doing, what you're doing to cope, and especially if you have any ideas to help other people cope right now. We're all missing each other. That's a given. So if it feels right, reach out to us. Send an email to thecoloringbookcoach at gmail.com or call and leave a message on our storyline. That number is 323 388-3303. Just let us know how it's going. We'd love to hear from you, and you never know, you might hear your message on the show. Be sure to check out thecoloringbookcoach.com for your free coloring book, plus coloring pages designed for right now. Color and stay calm with these special pages encoded with powerful healing and phrases designed to support you through COVID-19. And be sure to tune in this week to the How to Fall in Love with Yourself Toolkit podcast to find out what's going to be happening in the month of May and what you need to know to deal with it. Meet you back here next week for more How in the Hell Did I Get Here stories. Until then, pay attention, my friends. You just never know when you might find yourself saying, Holy shit, I struck gold. (laughs) I mean, no, turquoise. How in the hell did I get here? Hey, do us a favor, okay? Please tell your friends about the show. There's some really good reasons for doing that. First of all, who doesn't need a laugh about now? And laughter is healing. Plus, it helps us get the show out there. Not to sound like a broken record, but if you can offer any financial support, we would be forever grateful. And it's really easy to do at buymeacoffee.com forward slash the coloring book coach. A lot of love, time, and effort go into this every week. And if you can reward that, that would be great. We want to be able to keep showing up for you. Big thank you to Silent Partner, who does our music. We found them at YouTube's Creator Library. Our theme song is called Seventh Floor Tango, and our ad music is Blue Skies. Find their link in our show notes. How in the Hell Did I Get Here is written, produced, and hosted by myself, Kim A. Floden, with editing direction from Carrie Floden.